0: So uh, tonight's she'er is uh, is going to be on a topic which uh, I get called about uh, pretty often. Uh, surprisingly, maybe not so surprisingly, but uh, often enough that I've had in the back of my mind that at some point I need to go ahead and uh, and give she'er on this. Just do some basic research and to uh, to give she'er on the on the topic. So uh, here we are, ready to go ahead and uh, and do so. So the topic is. Uh, what happens when uh, you have a relationship between a landlord and a tenant, and there are repairs which need to be done, and what, the, the calls that I get about most, most often, sadly, are when the tenant calls, tries calling the, the landlord to say, this is broken, and this isn't working, and I need heat on, or I need the air on, or whatever it is, and the, the landlord is completely non-responsive. They don't respond to calls, to texts, to emails, nothing like that, and the uh, the family is getting pretty annoyed. The, the tenants are getting pretty annoyed because it could be pretty cold out, and they already turned off the heat, or it could be pretty hot out, and they don't turn on the air conditioning yet, and things of uh, things of that sort. So it happens uh, uh, frequently enough. So I thought we'd go through some of the uh, the basics as far as these issues are concerned, and there's some interesting um, perspectives which I think that uh, that you will enjoy. Okay, so the first thing is, as we begin over here, the sheets, uh, there on the screen in front of you? All right. So it oh, goes oh. as follows. So first we begin, so most of this is going to be in the Shin Yuds or Shin <coughs> in Chosh Mishpah, which is where Hilchos is, where they are the laws of renting things. So Shulchan starts out with a very basic idea. Hamaskir Bais I'll be the landlord, I go ahead and rent you a, a house or an apartment, So I have to provide you with doors. That's included in the rental of a house. Nice. In the event that there are windows that allow air in, which no longer open, and that's something essential for cross ventilation or something. So those have to be open. In the event that beams holding up the roof are, are loose or something. So those have to be strengthened. And you have to repair the beams which are broken or support them. Nagar Umino, And you have to go ahead and put a bolt down the door and a means for the door to lock. So all of these, as we're going to see, these are basic parts of a dwelling. And therefore, the mosque the landlord, I have a responsibility to go ahead and provide all that uh, for you. In the event that there's a hole in the roof or something, a certain size for tefachim, so that also has to be repaired. So Chayv L'Takno says it's my responsibility to go ahead and make that repair. Bezem, shei umen. And here he says that this is going to be true of any type of repair which requires expertise. So changing a light bulb that isn't necessarily going to be the landlord's responsibility, but doing something which is pretty basic, but doing something which requires a, a, an actual worker man. Uh, to come in and do the job. So that is something which is the responsibility of the maskir of the landlord. And this also refers to those things which are considered to be an essential part of one's dwelling. So that means that in modern terms, if the air conditioning goes off, the furnace stops functioning, or something like that, so all of that we would consider to be an essential part of 21st century living. And therefore that would be included in the maskir's responsibility. And those things which are, are have nothing to do with uh, the uh, the uh, the uh, the dwelling there, some other something uh, goes wrong. So that is not ne- that's not necessarily going to be the uh, the uh, the mosque's, the landlord's responsibility. And the Sma sort of generalizes this, and he says he gives us the uh, essential principle about what types of repairs do we say is the mosque's responsibility. And he says, here we're talking about a different part of Shochanarach in source two, but the Sma says that the uh, uh, or the Rama says that uh, putting a ladder in place that is the tenant's responsibility. So why is putting a ladder in place the tenant's responsibility? So the Sma explains, Pirushanamuke Yosef. He quotes the Yosef, who says, In other words, if the tenant wants to go ahead and gain access to the roof. And the only way to do so is to get a ladder. That's his responsibility to get a ladder because you don't have to use a roof in order to be able to live in that, uh, in that location. De'ilu aliyah, but let's say like in the good old days where the only way to get to the upper floor was to climb a ladder, they didn't have stairs. So if you're renting out a house with a second story and you're, you're, you have access to both of them, so the ladder to the second story, so that the mosque, that the landlord is chayev, why? And here's the key phrase, because he obviously can't live or can't make use of the second story if he has no access to it. So having access to it, anything which makes a, 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 a dwelling uninhabitable, so that is certainly going to be the mosque's responsibility. That is the landlord's responsibility to go ahead and make those repairs or to go ahead and to, uh, to, uh, to fix all of that. And now, the Aruch here, so he goes ahead and he uh, expands these definitions in terms of what's the mosque's responsibility getting closer to 21st century ideas he says that every place according to the way people commonly uh, expect their living uh, pre- their their living uh, quarters to 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 function and so the mosque is going to be obligated to go ahead and make repairs on those things which are an essential, permanent part of the house. Like in our country, so they would do double windows in the winter. That was double window panes. I guess it goes back pretty far nineteenth century or the beginning of twentieth century. The the tanure that was that would be the equivalent of our our furnace. So that was an oven which they would have in the house, which they would fire up during the winter time in order to generate heat in the house. And to go ahead and plaster the outside of the walls in anticipation of the winter. And to pack dirt by the uh, bottom of the walls, the outside walls of the house, in order to keep the cold out, to insulate the house. And anything which is similar which again is essential for dwelling, that is the mosque's responsibility. In the minute by us, and you'll see this is going to play a role when we get to the end, but he says the minutek by us is to go ahead and that the mosque, the landlord is responsible for all of these things for the entire duration of the lease. Imlo unless the tenant himself did something to ruin one of these things. So if it needs repair because the tenant did something wrong, then he's responsible. Or one of the members of his household, then the mosque doesn't have to pay for repairs, which, which result from negligence of the, uh, of the tenant or his family. Okay, now, here we say, now, uh, what happens in the event that they get into a fight? And the uh, the masker says, listen, when you looked at the apartment in the first place, you saw that these things were broken. And therefore, since you rented it anyways, that proves that you were willing to rent it as is, and I don't have to make the repair. And the tenant says, nothing doing. This is your responsibility. Go ahead and, uh, and take care of it. So the Ramah addresses this argument, this particular argument, and he says, even though the tenant went into the building and saw what was going on the rush and he saw that the apartment or the house didn't have a functional whatever it happens to be so we don't say law marina ra. we don't assume that, the, that the, the tenant's silence about the matter indicates to us as a proof to us that he's willing to take the apartment as is without a functioning furnace or without a functioning air conditioner Ella but rather, ala maskir We say that even in that case, where the, the tenant was aware of it before he moved into the apartment, and he moved in anyways, it still is a responsibility for the maskir, for the landlord to go ahead and fix it. Why? Because, explains the el amrina, because we say, Shasama halapshitus shabai is hiskilo. Because the tenant was relying on the fact that when you're renting me an apartment in the 21st century, it's going to have air conditioning. It has to have some sort of air conditioning. It's impossible, not impossible, but it's it's unreasonable for people to expect that people are going to live without an air conditioner. And therefore, because the an shimbayas love below and it's not considered to be an inhabitable house without those functional items. And therefore, his thinking is the tenant's thinking is, is it was unnecessary for me to say anything to the landlord about his responsibility to go ahead and fix the air conditioner or fix the furnace or fix the broken windows, because everybody knows that that's a basic element of an inhabitable house. And therefore, even though he saw it and didn't say anything, doesn't make a difference. Now, here is where things begin to uh, get interesting. So now, Let's say, so they, they, uh, they, they did a walkthrough before the tenant moved in, and the tenant said, this needs to be fixed, and this needs to be fixed in order to make it inhabitable. And then the landlord goes ahead and makes those repairs. And then, So here the Ramah says in Shinya Dalet, that let's say the landlord went ahead and made these necessary repairs. And then, And then they broke in the, during the lease. So a year into the three-year lease, the furnace broke again. So is the landlord responsible at that point to make the repair or not? So here the Ramah tells us an amazing thing. He says, If he said to him, I'm renting you this apartment. That's all he said. I'm saying this apartment is what I'm renting to you. And that's what the lease was. Every lease is biased, because we identify the location of, the, uh, of the, the address of the building and which unit within the building itself. So every lease nowadays is Bayezzeh. Then, So then the landlord is not responsible to go ahead and make the repair or even provide the tenant with alternative uh, place to live. But on the other hand, Amrlo Bayestam, if he said, I'll rent you a house. So here you have a person who has multiple, uh, you know, let's say a person owns a condo building or owns an apartment building. And he says, I'll give you an apartment. But he didn't say first floor, second floor, third floor. He didn't identify which unit. He just said, I'm renting you an apartment, not the apartment, but an apartment. Then, if something breaks and becomes uninhabitable, so then it is going to be the landlord's responsibility to go ahead and make the repair. Can I ask a question. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so this, we're dealing with the case where the landlord fixed it and then it broke again. Right. Is, is there any difference between that case and the case where it broke in the middle of the uh, lease, where it wasn't broken to begin with? No. Uh, you know. It, no, the reason why he the, the Ramah starts that way is just because he's continuing off of something which was said earlier. But for our purposes, it wouldn't make a difference. So okay, so anything that's working when the tenant moves in and it breaks in the middle of the lease is covered by this. Correct. Correct. Okay. Correct. Okay. So now, what exactly is the fundamental difference over here between this nuanced phrase between bias Z and bias dam? And it's especially troubling because, as I mentioned, that every lease nowadays is an example of bias z. We don't really have so many examples of bias stam. We just say, I'm buying a house from you without specifying which house, or I'm renting an apartment from you without specifying which apartment. So being that, there's going to be a huge disadvantage uh, as far as the tenant is concerned based on what's going on now. So what exactly is the rationale for that distinction? So here... Uh, he uh, in the safer called Mishpat Kallacha. So he summarizes it as follows. And he says, Yesoda kiel, shahabal Muhammad Sohafet Acherhu, whenever I let's say I rent you a car. And then the car breaks down, or in the time of Chazal, was I rented you a donkey or a horse? And the horse or the donkey goes out in the middle of the lease, fifteen days into the uh, the month long uh, rental of the of the of the donkey or the horse. So the horse dies or the horse breaks a leg, which effectively dies. So when is it that you, the rental company, when are you responsible to provide me with a replacement car? and when perhaps are you not, why can't you say to me, listen, we rented you the car, it was working when you got it, so the fact that it broke before you were done with it, that's too bad on you, too bad, so sad, and uh, that's your loss, but we uh, we gave you a car to begin with, and uh, why are we responsible? So this safer Mishpah Kalach, explains that the that the obligation that the owner, meaning the one who's renting something out, would have to provide a replacement is Because generally, when I rent something from you, I rent a car, I rent a, a, a power tool, I rent a, you know some, some object. So really, it contains two different elements. There's two different obligations. Number one is, number one is, I'm renting the car. So right now, I'm, I'm driving a car which belongs to you. Then, Every rental, every car rental includes uh, within it also your responsibility and your obligation to provide me with a replacement car in the event that the car that you rented to me turns out to uh, the engine breaks down or the transmission goes out. So those two things are included in every rental. You're, number one, giving me authorization to use the item. And in the event that the item goes bad, you're obligated to go ahead and replace it. That's an essential part in halacha of every rental agreement. However, that's only true in the event that when I went to you and I said, I want to rent a car, I th- I said And, and I, I didn't specify which car, which very often is the way rentals, car rentals actually work, is that you go ahead and you, uh, you sign up or you reserve a car, but you reserve a car from a particular class of cars, you're not reserving a particular car. So it's not like if I go to you privately, I say, could you rent me th- your car? But rather, I'm just saying in general, I would like to rent a midsize sedan. So midsize sedan is like car stamp. I just want a car, which is a midsize sedan. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me what what model it is. It doesn't matter to me how old the car is necessarily. I just want a midsize sedan. So in that case, so so that's true. So what we said that if something happens to it, you have to replace the car. That's true when you when I ask you for a midsize sedan. But if I said, hey, that's a really cool electric scooter. I'd like to rent it for the weekend. My grandchildren will be here and they'd get a kick out of riding that for the the weekend. So can I borrow it for uh, Memorial Day weekend? So I'm I'm, I'm renting that specific uh, electric scooter, not an electric scooter, but that electric scooter, the. So then So that agreement only contains one obligation on the part of the owner of the thing. And that's only to rent to you this item, but not to replace it. So when you say STAM, if you say a car, then you're also responsible. I'm also responsible to go ahead and replace the car if something happens, to the car that I gave you. But if I say, or if you say, or if we say, this electric scooter... So then all I'm responsible to do is let you use this electric scooter, but I'm not responsible to replace it in the event that it breaks, it blows, a, it blows a tire or the electrical work goes bad, that's not my responsibility. Unless I explicitly commit that I'm gonna go ahead and I'll provide you with a replacement if something happens, to electric scooter. So therefore, therefore when I rent, when you rent from me or I rent from you, this electric scooter, if something happens to the scooter, so then, butler so the whole schirus is now the whole thing becomes, becomes nullified, and it doesn't, uh, there's a, it doesn't make it, uh, I'm not responsible to replace it. She memkarhi, and this is a, an important idea, that when I rent you something, if I rent you something for two weeks, so during those two weeks, it's as if you bought it. Now, what happens if you buy a car and then it goes bad, putting aside lemon laws and all of that, but when you buy something and it goes bad, so So it's like you buy something and then it breaks. So who hasn't brought, bought something and then it broke shortly afterwards? And then you're, uh, you're out of luck. There's nobody to talk to. There's no return policy or anything like that. You buy it at your own risk. So here also is, a, is the same idea. So when we apply this to bias z versus bias stam So when I tell you that I'm renting you this unit at this particular address, the extent of my responsibility is to provide you that home in the event that that home becomes uninhabitable. So I'm not responsible to go ahead and find you another apartment to live in. That was never my responsibility. I never committed to that. So in that case, if something breaks, so then there's no responsibility on the part of the mosque here to provide alternative housing. But in contrast, in the event that we had said biased a I'm renting from you a house. Let's say it was like a vacation house or something. You own a bunch of uh, homes in a bungalow colony. And all we said was, I'm renting a house from you. So then you would be responsible. Um, so uh, in, in the event that you're not responsible, do the, does the renter still have to pay the rent for the whole period or they stop paying rent at the time it broke? No, they would stop paying rent at the time of broke. There's a, there's a shayla in the event that they prepaid. And then they, uh, they paid the whole year's le- uh, worth of uh, lease, and then it goes bad. So then they, may have a hard, they, w- they would likely have a hard time getting their money back. That has to do with muchzekos and stuff of that, uh, of that sort. Okay, now we go back just for one moment. The Ramo over here in Shinya Dalad, where he talked about the difference between bayezet and bayastam, so at the end of his comment, he said, "Ein Kaman shinyud base, sifud So, as Ashkenazim, we're going to listen to the Ramah. and we're going to go ahead and we're going to look at that particular uh, source. So here, oh, sorry, and it's not the the, the Ramah tells us to look at Shulchan Aruch. Sorry, that's right. So Shulchan Aruch says as follows, and we're jumping in the middle of the sif over here. But he says, "Vime atzmo Let's say the house collapses on its own. So, uh, so, the, so the question is, does the mosque, does the landlord have a responsibility to replace the house or not, or provide alternative dwellings? So im if he says, I'm renting you this house, right? Which is the way things happen nowadays, so So he doesn't have to go ahead and rebuild the house. I, I told you I was renting your house. I'm so sorry that there was a flash flood and the house got swept away, but you're out of luck because I was only renting you that house and that house doesn't exist anymore and too bad, so sad. But then, Shulchan Aruch Ad, so far that's consistent with what we saw in the Ramah, but now the Shulchan Aruch Ad, now the, the Yeshmi Shomer, there are those who say, the Dafka al-kulom. Kulo. is it true that the Masker says, too bad, so sad, your house was swept away by a flash flood? and it's not my responsibility to provide you with alternative dwelling, that's only if the whole house is gone. The whole house is just, it, it was swept away. Avalim But let's say the basic structure is still intact. But it's dangerous to live there. So that would be an example of, let's say, you know, you live in Alaska somewhere, and in the wintertime, so the furnace breaks, so if the furnace breaks, can the maskir say "too bad, so sad" or anything of that uh, of that sort, or some something else? It's 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 uh, it's inhabitable, but it's dangerous to do so. But the basic structure of the house is still intact. Says the Shulchan Then the maskir, then the the landlord does have an obligation to go ahead and fix it. Im in the event that he prepaid, that the tenant prepaid to be able to live there. So as long as this is something which is fixable, the basic house is there, and there's just a fixable item which needs to be addressed, so then according to this opinion, even though he said bias zeh, even though he was using the language which normally works against the tenant, the mechaber is of the opinion, shulchanach is of the opinion, that that's only true in the event that the house doesn't exist anymore. But if it exists, it's just in, in dire need of repair, and it's dangerous to live there, then the masker is responsible to go ahead and make the repair. And then furthermore, he says, in the event they said, I'm renting you a house, not this house, but a house, the language which we don't use nowadays, and it goes that, and it falls down. So then, since we said that when I say a house, so that means that there's two elements of that. Number one is you're allowed to live in the house for the duration of the lease. And also in the event that something happens to the house, I am responsible to provide you with alternative dwelling or to rebuild the house. So here, Shulchan Aruch says that if he says to him, "Buy stam," I said, "A house and a collapse," then Chayv live nosa o yi te lo So, like we said, so that becomes a responsibility. Either rebuild the house, so uh, to, uh, so that he'll be able to live uh, live there once again, or you have to provide him with alternative housing, and probably alternative housing during the time that you're rebuilding the house. But then the landlord would be responsible. But that's not going to be so. Relevant nowadays because they said it's very rare that you'd be renting a house rather than the house. Okay, now here we have. So in source nine, this is from the Kess of Hakadoshim. Uh, I apologize that I can't get it in actual text, but the Kess of Hakadoshim is addressing another element, and that is, and this is what I talked about at the beginning, where the tenant calls the landlord calls and emails and texts and WhatsApps and does every way that he knows how, Instagram, every way he knows how to reach him, he tries to reach him and the landlord is completely non-responsive. So the tenant says, listen, I I can't go on without heat. I have to have heat. I have to have, you know, functioning, uh, you know, electricity, I have to have functioning water. You know, there are things which are broken and it makes it it difficult uh, to live here. So the tenant always wants to know, can I go ahead and just hire a repairman on my own? since the landlord isn't responding, and then just deduct it from the rent. And I'll just take it off the rent if he's not going to respond when I reach out to him because something's broken. So do I have the right to go ahead and make the repair and let, leave him with the bill? Or more likely, the tenant will have to pay the bill and then just deduct that off of the next month's rent. So here, the Kesa of Akadoshim, so he addresses this, uh, th- this point. And he says as follows. Um, Okay, we're going to jump around just because of time. Yeah, I'm going to jump around. Okay, so he begins and he says, So I rent a house from one of you, and the furnace goes bad. So the best thing to do is in the event that the landlord is not available. So really what I need to do is I need to show it to experts for them to confirm that a repair is necessary. Sometimes it could just be, uh, you know, the switch was turned off, or you blew a fuse, or something like that. So you're not in need of a major repair. So you have to show it to experts and then get authorization from Basin to make the repair. So that's a pretty high bar. That every tenant is going to be calling the CRC saying, "Hey, the water's not working, the electricity's not working. They didn't turn on the heat yet. They didn't turn on the air yet." So they will be. I'm certain the CRC would not be happy if they were getting calls like that all day long from uh, unhappy tenants. And in the event the tenant does not have it examined ahead of time by uh, uh, professionals and get authorized by basin. But he says, listen, I didn't have time. It was necessary for a dwelling to make the repair on the furnace of the air conditioning. What do you want from me? Even in the event that the experts aren't able to confirm his claim that it was broken or whatever it is, so his claim is accepted. However, but he the tenant is going to have to take a shavua in basin. He's going to have to take an oath in basin, confirming what he says is true that it was broken in such and such a way, and this is the repair that needs to be made. Even though. The landlord is not making a he's not denying definitively that it was broken because he never looked at it so he can't make a definitive denial of that he just says shema maybe it wasn't really broken maybe we could have done a minor repair maybe some duct tape could have fixed the solve the whole uh, the whole problem or either duct tape or great stuff could have solved the whole thing so why not uh, so how do I know that it was necessary to do all of that extensive work so he would have to take a shvua um, and then he says. Uh, And then the the Kessel HaKadoshim says that once he takes that Shavuah, he's going to be able to duck the amount that he spent on the repair from the rent. So here we already have an allowance to do so. But he says, But let's say the case was where the landlord demanded that you pay the entire lease up front. So the whole year was already paid for in advance. And now the tenant is coming to the landlord and say, hey, I had to make a $1,000 repair to the, uh, to the furnace. I want you to refund me $1,000. So if the landlord responds and says, hey, I never gave you authorization to charge, uh, to, to charge me $1,000 to repair the furnace. I never authorized that that charge. And he insists that this was not a necessary repair. Then the landlord takes a Shavua that it was an unnecessary repair. And then he doesn't have to refund the money. How How can the landlord possibly know that? Um, let's say he, he, knows, he knows how the furnace works. It's been, it's been you know, uh, doing the, the same thing. He says it's been doing the same thing in the past 10 years. You know, uh, a week after you turn it on, first thing in the winter, it always breaks down. And it's a minor repair. And you didn't have to go ahead and do as extensive uh, a repair as, uh, as your guys did. And then he says, but addressing your point, Art, V'ulai Gamkish masker bari. And it may even be that even if the landlord can't say definitively that it was an unnecessary repair, but he says, you had no authorization to have repairmen come in and make a repair without getting authorization from experts in the field as well as basin. The Kevin came in, being that you didn't do your due diligence to make sure that you were authorized halakhali to make this repair. So So you made unnecessary expenses and unnecessary repair to my house, and I'm not going to have to pay you very much, whatever that that, that amount would be. Um, Okay, and then he says at the end, however, let's just skip a little bit for the sake of time. Then he says towards the end, I'm over here where the doohickey thing is, uh, the the end of the second paragraph, one, two, three, four, five lines up at the end, Uli. Then he suggests that maybe there is a perspective that we could adopt, which would be helpful for, the, uh, uh, for the, the tenant. And that is that during the duration of the lease, we look at the tenant as if he's a shotef, as if he's a partner together with the landlord. So they now own, sort of in partnership, in conjunction with one another, the building, or the same way that the same re- uh, relationship that a man has in his wife's assets, which is the Kaimalon, where we posken, So when one partner, if two partners own a building together, and one decides that you need to go ahead and you make a repair on the, uh, on the furnace, the other partner can't say, part, Shimon can't say to Ruven, hey, who authorized you to go ahead and make that repair? Ruven says, what do you mean? I'm, I'm just as much of an owner as you are, and the repair needed to be done. And that's the nature of our shodfes is, is that whoever, which one, whichever one of us answers the call from the uh, the, uh, the upset tenant is going to make the executive decision to make the repair or not. And you can't tell me that I don't have the right to go ahead and do so. I'm a partner in this building just as much as you. Shehem kemotsi hotzah's Grishus. And in such a way, we look at it as if whatever uh, whatever expenses they pay is done with authorization. And once we say that the expenses are with authorization, then they can demand to be reimbursed. And even though the tenant may have had the option to go to Basin and to get the professional uh, input from this, Well, we can say the chazal don't differentiate as far as partners are concerned, And they may go ahead and consider a tenant to be somebody who is spending money on the building with authorization, with pre-authorization to do so. And the socha has similar rights to a husband would have in his wife's assets. And therefore, it may very well be that every tenant Really has the right to go ahead and to make repairs and to go ahead and deduct it from the uh, from the rent, and it's considered to be a uh, the, uh, an expense which he is authorized to go ahead and do because of their shared ownership of that particular uh, of that particular uh, building, and this is something which is uh, which is which is very important as we said nobody's going to base it trying to get estimates even when people do get estimates and they send it to the landlord the landlord ignores that just the uh, j- just the same so this rationale which the uh, the case of HaKadashim cites over here which he presents over here so this is something which is very often quoted by uh, by, by by recent postkin as far as uh, being actionable and allowing it, especially because We, by and large, people pay their rent. They don't pay so far in advance for their rent, but they're paying month by month. So then they would have the right to say, listen, you you didn't respond. And therefore, I could go ahead and I'm going to deduct whatever the repair cost was from my next month or next month's rent. And uh, you were not responsive and uh, too bad, so sad on you. Okay, now... Okay, um, let me just introduce a certain idea before we see this Arach Hashochan. Hopefully, we have time for this. So, there's a type of lease which is called Chakirus Ches Chaf Yud Reish Vav Saf Chakirus, and this is where rather than being like a uh, rather than like being a um, a sharecropper, where I work your land and you get two-thirds of the produce, and I get one-third of the produce. So Chakirus is also a type of lease, but I commit that I'm going to provide you, no matter what, 2,000 bushels of apples. So I'm going to, you own apple hauler. I'm going to lease it from you for the year, and my lease payment is, I have to pro- go ahead and provide you with 2,000 bushels of apples, regardless of, I may, I may make in the, 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 uh, the orchard may produce 5,000 bushels of apples, it may produce 3,000 bushels of apples, and if it only produces 2,000 bushels, bushels of apples, that's too bad so sad on me, and it turns out that I spent the whole year just providing for you. So hakiris is where you, the owner of the field, are guaranteed a certain return. Okay, now knowing that that's true, so now in source 10, this Aruch HaShochen, and of Sifdal, it says, Amr Chazal, so if it turns out that there's a drought that year, or it turns out that there's, a, I shouldn't say a drought, but it turns out that something happens, and the, uh, uh, then the field is not very productive, so I don't have the right to pay you any less than that fixed lease amount of 2,000 bushels. However, in the event when I loaned it, when I leased it from you, sorry, I made it very clear that my commitment to provide you with two thousand uh, bushels of uh, apples at the end of the season is only, only, is binding in the event that the conditions of the field remain the same. So even though it wasn't explicitly stated that the, that condition, but if the, the conversation we had indicated that I'm only making the commitment 2,000 bushels in the event that the conditions of the field stay the same, so then if those conditions change, so then we'll have to make an adjustment to how much I'm going to have to pay you. So then, then I will go ahead and the, the, we will we have to calculate how much I'm going to provide for you. So what's an example of that? Kagon shah betoch so the field which I'm about to lease from you, and uh, let's say the apple orchard. So we're standing in the apple orchard of Apple Holler, and we say this irrigated field is what you are renting to you are leasing to me, or base hailan Ze or this apple orchard you are leasing to, to me. Now Yavesh Hamayan. Now let's say what happens is, in the case of the irrigated field, so the stream dries up, so the stream which we would use for this field, which would water this field, is no longer available, or let's say uh, lightning strikes, and it, so it doesn't, it doesn't affect the entire region, but lightning strikes and we end up with a fire in the orchard and half of the trees burn down. So without half of the trees, in the in the orchard anymore. So how am I going to give you 2,000 bushels? So then, Then we will make an adjustment to how much I have to pay you for the lease. Because when I say to you, I'm, I'm leasing this field. So obviously, if we're standing in the middle of Apple Holler and I say, I'm leasing this field, obviously referring to this field. So why did I say this field? This field is completely unnecessary. Ela, so rather that indicates us, that my intention was, I'm renting it from you, I'm leasing it from you, and I'm committing to give you 2,000 bushels of apples, assuming that all of these trees, which here remain for the entire season, but in the event that half of the trees get burnt up by a lightning uh, strike or, 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 or a fire or something like that, so obviously I can't provide you with 2,000 bushels in the event that there is a fire in the, in the apple orchard. That's what the Arachah Shohan says. Now once we know that, so now we can move on to the Ramah. This is in Shinchaf Aleph seed Beis. He says, along the same lines, <speaking in Hebrew> that it may very well be that this is only going to be true. This adjustment is going to be made only in the event that the, you, the owner of Apple Holler, say to me, I'm leasing you this field. So then it's understood that it's going to be this field with the present conditions all remaining uh, intact, but not if they change. But if I, the lessor, which I've one yet, yeah, I, the one who's taken, who's taken the lease, and I say to you, the owner, and I say to you, I'm leasing uh, a, a irrigated field from you. I didn't say zeh. But I just said I'm irrigating. I'm, I'm leasing an irrigated field, and then the stream dries up. So then we're going to be able to reduce the rent, even in the event that I, uh, that uh, that we're not standing in the field, because obviously from my perspective, so obviously I can only make a commitment of two thousand bushels in the event that the conditions of the field remain uh, with the potential to produce that much, uh, that many, uh, that, that many apples. Why? So we say um, okay, and the Sma basically says that the assumption is is that that uh, um, that when the when the 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 when, when I go ahead and make this statement, we'll just read that. The, the second one says Ma'aseh Inkein. He says that Kishach. Actually, we'll just read it. He says the Az. So he says we differentiate between whether it is the less sore or the lessee, so it says, if it's you, the owner of the field, who say it, we say, so you don't care whether or not the field remains in the same condition or not. You just want your 2,000 bushels of apples, and you don't care how difficult it is for me to obtain those 2,000 bushels, 2, bushels of apples. You just want those 2,000 bushels of apples. So So if I go ahead and I say that I'm renting you, an irrigated field, I don't say this one, I say an irrigated field, all I'm doing is I'm describing what type of field is categorized as. This is an irrigated field. But I'm not saying necessarily that I'm only agreeing to the 2,000 bushels in the event that it remains irrigated from the stream. I'm just giving a description of of the field. Because to me, meaning to you, it's your advantage not to be specific so that you get your 2,000 bushels no matter what. Because that's the type of field that is called. You could have an apple orchard and you could have a, you know, an irrigated field. Those are just names of fields, but not necessarily. We don't know that the owner is interested in keeping the commitment in force only while all the conditions remain the same. But when, the, when I go ahead and say, I am leasing from you a base of an irrigated field, we assume that on my end of the agreement, I obviously need the conditions to remain the same in order for me to follow through on my commitment to provide you with 2,000 bushels of apples. And if circumstances change, I'm not going to be able to do that anymore. So obviously we understand that I have a much greater interest in it being in this particular circumstance rather than if circumstances change. And even if we're not standing in the middle of the field, and I didn't say this apple orchard, it's always assumed that I am going to be, I'm going to be mocked. Okay, now, last thing is, one last uh, disagreement which, uh, which comes up, which it's not directly related to what we said before, but as I told you, remember the Archa So here, this is in source 13 over here, we have from a sefer called Sim Shalom, where they have uh, uh, records of, uh, of rulings that Revol Yashiv gave. So here, what he's talking about is, So the landlord says to the tenant, listen, uh, when you went in the the apartment was freshly painted now you 're moving out five years later, and the walls are filthy. You have to go ahead and you have to pay for the uh, you have to pay for it uh, putting aside any security deposit but you have to pay for the uh, a paint job. you have to pay for painters to go ahead and paint all the walls and not only that the Ekev Shimusho and other Normal wear and tear, which occurred to the uh, to the uh, to the house, so there's some holes in the walls where their pictures were were on the walls, and not all the door handles are going to be as uh, as solid as they were before, as strong as they were before. All sorts of minor repairs. So the landlord has a whole list of two thousand dollars worth of repairs, and. The uh, the tenant says, I'm not responsible. For it. That's normal wear and tear, and I'm not responsible to pay for normal wear and tear. I'm only responsible to pay for a major damage, which I may have done to the apartment, and I didn't do major damage. All of this is considered to be normal wear and tear. So how do we pask in this shaila? So the, what was presented to Rabbi Yashiv was, And the lawyer says, That, in general, in our location, so tenants don't have to pay for normal wear and tear. So it may be, Mr. Landlord, that it's going to cost you $2,000 to paint and make all of those repairs. But the lawyer is saying that common practice in this location is that that's not the tenant's responsibility. The lawyer, but the the, the Moskier, the, the landlord is saying, "What does that make a difference as far as halacha is concerned? Halacha is that I gave you apartment in this condition, and now you're returning it to me in worse condition, and you should be responsible to bring it back to the original condition." What did Paskin? So you follow what the lawyer says is common practice in that location, because ultimately, at the end of the day, many of these things, as much as halacha may weigh in with opinions about when the masker has to pay and when the socher has to pay and how these things are going to be uh, shared or what the responsibility is, at the end of the day, most commonly minagah medina is going to prevail. In the way that leases are commonly uh, are commonly written in the expectation of what's the landlord's responsibility and what's the tenant's responsibility, that's more, in halacha l'maysa, that's going to be more determined by what the local real estate laws happen to be than what you would find in Shochanarach. And that's why whenever a person calls, the first thing that we always ask is, what does this say in the contract? And what is local custom as far as these uh, matters are concerned? Who's responsible for it? Because ultimately uh, in halacha, for, the, for real estate things, so common practice is what's going to prevail over uh, over Shulchan Aruch. I mean, really Shulchan Aruch says that that's what prevails, but you're not going to be able to turn to a page in Shulchan Aruch to get your answer. You're going to have to speak to a lawyer who's familiar with, uh, with real estate law. All righty. Thank you, you, Rabbi Shaffle. All right. So all the best, everybody. Thank you. Have a wonderful day.